Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website, shrinkthink.com forward slash awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) Forward slash podcast. We've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Disclaimer and newsflash, we are not your therapist. Welcome to the game. We are just educating you and that is it. Do not take what we're saying as a life-changing situation. Please just enjoy the program, sit back, relax, and thank you for being here. Hi folks, Gordon Brewer here, and if you don't know me, I'm the person behind the Kindness and Compassion podcast, which is part of the Psychcraft Network of Podcasts, and I'm so proud to be part of this network along with Nathan and Aaron and the great work they are doing to help people in their lives and in their journeys. And if you haven't discovered the Kindness and Compassion podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join me as I explore both the psychological and spiritual and emotional sides of how we can live into more kindness and compassion in our lives. It's a podcast devoted to helping people find peace and contentment in their lives through the practices of kindness and compassion. You can also check us out at kindnessandcompassion.com. Now, what are your ideas, Marty, of how you help people address it that would be like non-pharmacological from what you're dealing with in the room? Yeah, yeah. So one of my biggest points, and I've seen it work for me, I've seen it work for my family and a lot of other people, is we've got to introduce some significant lifestyle changes. And so I kind of build this theory on if you look at society and the progress that has happened over the last let's say 200 years, 200 years ago, and really a lot less even than 200 years ago, we were, we were much more physically active. We were growing our own food more often. We were digging our own well. We were putting up our own fence to keep our own cows. We were feeding all those farm animals in this more agrarian kind of lifestyle. Of course, we're eating healthier typically in, on the farm as long as we have a balanced diet available to us, but we are much more physically active too. And so what I really encourage people to do is to kind of examine, hey, only in the last 50 to 100 years have we started shoving people into schools at age five to, you know, sit behind a desk and nice and neat, hands on my lap, listen, you know, eight hours a day, seven, eight hours a day. And we've expected a neurology that was more geared towards physical labor and having a lot more activity. We're expecting now that same genetic neurology that we've all received to thrive in a school setting that's much less active, that's much more sit down and learn and listen based. And honestly, I think a lot of us just aren't kind of made for 
a lot of theories about ADHD. I go back to years ago, 50, 100 years ago, we wouldn't have been called ADHD. We'd be called artists. We'd be called great hunters because we're highly creative or we go into the woods and maybe we're chasing a rabbit. We're getting close to it, but then a deer cuts in front of us and oh, automatic, spontaneous change. We're chasing the deer and we wind up being highly given to passionate pursuits very easily. And we can spontaneously change. So you take that mentality and you shove it behind a desk in school and it doesn't do too well very often, you know? And so what I encourage people to do is introduce more physical activity into your routine. So for a couple of people that's been CrossFit or for a couple of people, it's been, oh, we bought a farm out in the country and we live there now, <laughs> you know? Is that like an intervention? You're like, you know what? You could do better if you buy a farm. Uh, <laughs> yes. that's my, my clinical recommendation. Whoever wants to buy the farm now is going to you for the rest of their life. I love Marty. He likes me buy farms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so as a songwriter, I love John Prine. And he's got a song about throw out your paper, you know, turn off the TV, throw out your paper, move to the move to the country and 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 build you a home and plant a little garden. You know, like d- do the things that get you away from all of this overstimulation of of the modern society that we live in daily from the time we're five till the, you know, the time that we retire, we're, we're bombarded with this overstimulation. Move out of that, kind of go back to your roots a bit here, go, go more agrarian. Now they're not always able to do that, of course. And so I, there's plenty of, of other more practical things. And some of those include uh, balance routines. It almost sounds a bit wonky, but one of the issues with ADHD in the brain is under stimulation of the cerebellum. Uh, Dr. Hollowell talks about that in, in the book. What we've learned is that we can stimulate that through balance activities. And so what he suggests is, you know, in the morning, stand on one foot for about a minute. I did this this morning and it, it really did help. I don't do it routinely, but when I do it, it helps. And so I uh, stand on one foot and, you know, get to the point that you can do that for a minute. Now to get to the point that you can stand on the foot for a minute and take a shoe off, and then put the shoe back on and then get to the point. You can stand on one foot for a minute, take the shoe off, take your sock off, put the sock on, put the shoe back on all while standing on one foot. And what you're doing is stimulating the cerebellum, which is going to promote communication and, and regulation of attention within the brain. The other thing of course is sleep, like what you're talking about, Nathan, and then also nutrition has to be good. So if I'm not giving my body everything that it needs to perform well, my brain isn't going to perform well. So the other thing that I, I really you know, push people towards is if you can't get more activity, like commit to some kind of exercise routine, like some kind of working out or some kind of just walk around your neighborhood, you know, once a day, get those muscles moving, get the blood flowing. Anything that you do like that is going to be beneficial for attention and focus on the brain. So this like balance thing, I just got a comment. I remember last year at uh, Winnie Owens, her wise practice and whatever it was before that conference, you taught this or you presented on the subject of ADHD and you had everybody in the session stand up and do this. I remember thinking like, what in the world? This is like crazy town USA. Like what? Like this is your intervention, (laughs) right? But I was like, okay, we'll give this a try. I don't know if I have ADHD or not. I mean, some of the things you guys talk about kind of resonate with me in terms of like interest and tension or whatever. But I remember doing this. And then I remember hearing other people 
And it's kind of like, there was like a shift in the room. There was like, and I'm like, what in the world is this? Like, you're just standing on one foot. Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Right. But you do it. And it's like, something is happening where like the room seems more balanced. It felt like it was more focused or like people were a little bit less popcorny. I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that it was wild or whatever, but I just remember thinking like, well, this is so interesting that something as simple as this can actually really have an effect. It's kind of like putting your feet on the, you know, in the grass or on the ground. It has this like, was it like this negative charge? And so when you do that, it like grounds you and it has an impact on your body, right? It's these simple things that a lot of us don't like, we lose the connection to this stuff because we're so in this technological age, we're on our phones, we're paying attention to all this stimulus or whatever, but like these basic things that we were made for, like being connected to the ground or using our bodies, that kind of thing actually are meant to regulate us. Yes. Yes, completely. And if we'll pay attention to those, engage in those and use those, then then we're going to be much better off. So about, I like to tell the story, um, about a year ago, my grandfather passed at 94 and he was super healthy to the end. You know, like, of course the very end, maybe not so much, but like until like 93 and a half dude was doing good (laughs) and happy and healthy largely. And he lived and died on basically the same property. Uh, he, all of his life, he farmed the land, kind of a homestead that, that still exists down in South Georgia, grew his own vegetables. He raised his own cows for, for beef. He, you know, shot his own deer. He did all, all the things that kept him really, really active. And, you know, I, I tell people it's hard for me to get out of bed and, roll over and and like just go work out. But if the cows got to be fed, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go feed the cows, you know? It's hard for me to to want to get on the treadmill, but if the water line is broken, I got to get out there at two o'clock in the morning and dig that deep hole down to the water line. And I got to fix that thing or repair the well or fix the fence or whatever. And he had to do all those things. He stayed very active doing all those things. And so when we choose a lifestyle that requires us in some ways to be active, you don't have to buy the farm, but you can, you know, one thing I've done is, and I mentioned pit crew in my introduction, I've said, I'm going to start helping my daughter with high school band pit crew, which is, you know, there's this massive high school band. And then we're the guys that are like wheeling out all the heavy stuff. And we're pushing up the xylophones or marimbas and stuff up into this big tractor trailer that they have. And I am carrying all these props and we put an airplane on the field, like a little small airplane that's part of the props. And we have to like push these things around. And these are like heavy items a lot of times, but that's the lifestyle I chose. I committed to doing that. I don't want to do that every Friday night. Before I start, I'm like, God, I don't really want to do this. But then duty calls extra, you know, outside things trigger me to say, yeah, I got to go do this. And now I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do it. And so that's my workout every week. And it's awesome. But we've now I've chosen this lifestyle. I've committed to this thing that is going to outside of me, trigger me to go be active. It really helps. Friday nights and Saturday mornings are some of my favorite times now because Friday nights and Saturday mornings, I'm feeling super good because I've just worked out. I mean, these are the kind of workouts that Nathan and I also do. We like push around. (laughs) Airplanes and choppers, and you know, that's how we get these huge muscles. <laughs> I love the here. 
<laughs> I was pushing a, a 747 down the down the runway just last week, trying to make sure it got off in good ways. <laughs> it's good for your muscles of building good, big, and strong, so you can compete in bodybuilding competitions also. <laughs> you move from ADHD to world bodybuilding champion. You got to get the right pump. <laughs> you up. <laughs> Hear us now and believe us later. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back, um, it sounds like in a way what the lifestyle change that I'm hearing is like your environment will hold you accountable. Yeah. You may have to shift your environment in order to, to hold you to the right account for how it is that you are. I mean, right. I think of with ADHD, it is, it is really funny. This one story, this kid that I was working with, there's a medication out there that it's non-stimulant and um, the doctor gave him that one. Anyways, it didn't really immediately help him, but what he did do is he came in and he goes, well, here's the deal. Um, yeah, I don't know if math isn't any better for me, but watch this. And he stood on one foot, stuck his arms out, and then took his hand and touched his nose and then bent over and touched the floor with one hand. He goes, but now I can do this. So that, that medication was stimulating the cerebellum, really. And, and yeah. they know that the cerebellum is a big part of the attention system. So it's like what you're suggesting would be like if your mind or your brain was like a, a set of highways, byways, and freeways, there's like this area through the cerebellum where some of us naturally have like a lot of freeways and some of us don't. Um, the traits are not there, but we have some other awesome things that come up. So if you were to actually intentionally build freeways, which you can do, it speeds up the process of being able to be attentive to the things that you want to be attentive to because you're essentially, you know, speeding across the brain rather than getting sidetracked on your way over. It just takes a heck of a lot longer. You know, that one of the other things that you had mentioned in your training that I was like blown away, I actually um, ripped you off, which I think you probably would have ripped Hallowell off, but I don't care. Totally. <laughs> Maybe not totally, actually. Um, the tones, the hurts, the, oh, yeah. that kind of thing. Can you talk to that, speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that a lot of us ADHDers and just a lot of, you know, kind of creative people have learned to do is use basically it's YouTube videos that are uh, just a monotone, low tone at a certain frequency. Typically, that's between 50 and 60 hertz. The person that taught me about this was actually a, someone that that works in a facility in Tennessee where they do a lot of like drug rehab work. And, and the story that they told was that if you, they would have people in their facility who would want to, to leave and they'd be kind of be spun up about it and they, they want to leave and, and they would say, okay, you can, but first you got to go sit in this room, uh, for 20 minutes. And in that room, they would play this like really kind of monotone 60 Hertz low kind of bass frequency. And there's something about being in that, that just kind of mellows you out, you know? And so one of the things, of course, in ADHD is overstimulation of certain parts of the brain. And as you're mellowing it out, you're kind of regulating the stimulation in that. And so if there's times that I am emotionally overwhelmed and I'm trying to work, like if I'm trying to, you know, write notes or something or trying to get some admin stuff done, I've got to put on that. And it'll like, it's like, sitting next to a huge generator or something at some big hospital like or some steamboat or something. That's what I hear is like, you know, some boat coming by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just long, slow, like it, it doesn't change. It doesn't waver. You just keep it on and it, it mellows you out. And 
I don't want to get into the woo woo or anything. Like I, I, I don't know why it works as much necessarily. And, and it sounds a little bit, it sounds a little bit weird. Just kind of like, like what you're talking about with earthing or grounding it. I don't know why it works. I just know that it works for me and that I, I don't really want to want to know much more than that, I guess, but, but I know that it works and I, I know that it, that it helps. Uh, the other thing that kind of keeps a little bit of attention for me is, is lo-fi hip hop. Um, if you go to to YouTube and, and search up some videos there, it's just, this kind of mellow kind of slower beat sounds a little bit like elevator music, but it's enough to just kind of keep me interested. If I have words in something, it's going to send me like spinning off trying to remember those words. Um, so I don't want words at all. I want just kind of a low lilty kind of bouncing beat or just a monotone sound. I remember trying to listen to someone tell me something really important, but there were words like, like it was uh, radio country back in that day. And I knew all of those words. I just couldn't listen to it at all. I couldn't track with it because I was trying to, to follow those words. It's like speak, speaking of what you kind of just use as an example too with the words, I think of one of the things that I'll struggle with, which this doesn't, it's, this doesn't actually happen when I'm in count, when I'm in counseling with someone, because they're just in, it's just me and them. But if, if I'm out somewhere and somebody's talking with me and somebody else like over here says something that's like interesting, like, I don't know what, it doesn't matter. It's like something that we like kind of buzzy. I'll be like, it's like that juicy gossip that somebody might've said. And you're like, Oh my gosh, what's going on over there? I'm gone. I look like I'm right there with this person. They would never know, but I didn't, I just missed whatever they were saying. I will. Uh, my wife loves that. Um, she thinks it's awesome when I, when I don't know what she said. Um, <laughs> that's a little bit of sarcasm. So you just but, need like a, something in your ear all the time. Or you can just turn on and go, yeah. <laughs> I need to stand on one leg when she's talking. <laughs> right. That actually is probably not a joke. Uh, that actually probably would help. But um, I don't know where we're at on time, Aaron. So as far as. Yeah, let's let's wrap up. I guess the just the last thing I think of um, really quickly here is for family members, loved ones, um, friends of people with ADHD. Like how how do you encourage them to understand or to support this issue, because I know I, I've worked with some people and like, it's incredibly frustrating for, you know, partners and family members who are expecting certain things. And it's like, you just, you can't get those things done. And it's like, okay, I want to have patience, but like, oh, come on. Like, it still needs to get done. Like how, what do you encourage them to see or think a perspective to take or to do to support? Yeah. It's a little bit difficult one because it kind of depends on so many different circumstances. If if my wife, and she's done this, if she tells me to go paint the garage or we need to paint the garage, that's too amorphous. It's too nondescript. It's too general. I'm never going to do that. It's like, we should go to Hawaii. Great. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> you know, but if she's like handing me a list of things to do, we're going to knock them out and get all of this stuff done. It's going to, to all get crossed off because here it is. Here's a list of things I want you to do today. And it's going to get, it's going to get crossed off. Now, part of that comes from me accepting that I have ADHD and I need a little bit of extra direction. I need a little bit of extra uh, planning. I need someone to hand me some of the lists sometimes and just 
tell me what to do and when, you know, but if the person with ADHD hasn't accepted that they need that yet, then then of course you don't want to, to try to take that. But if they're open-minded and saying, yeah, give me a listen, I'll knock it out. Let's do this. Then it's much more likely to actually, to actually get done. And then I would say too, you know, just kind of a compassionate understanding of the impulsivity or impulsivity or impulsiveness will, will lead us to, you know, do some kind of random things sometimes. And none of it is meant to be hurtful. None of it is meant to be harmful in any way. It's just, that's kind of where we were in the moment. We're learning, we're trying, we're doing our best to kind of keep, keep ourselves up and focused, but I might, I might miss the the boat sometimes. I, I really might, might miss the target. I might interrupt you once in a while. I might misread some social cues or something. I'm, I might normally be very warm and compassionate and kind. And then once in a while, just kind of be totally out of left field, out of the blue. And that's you know, probably when I'm tired or I'm hungry because that's when executive function is going to lower. So it's just kind of realizing that I am not always going to be steady, predictable, calm, cool, and collected. But I, I like what you're saying. It, it's kind of like if the person can understand this issue and understand yes. when these things happen, it means you're tired, you're hungry, you're overstimulated or whatever. It's like, oh, now it sort of becomes a little bit of a either a problem to solve or like, hey, maybe we need to turn some of the stimulation off or um, hey, uh, you need to eat. It's it's less powerless, less frustrating because there's a reason for what's going on that they can understand and wrap their minds around. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think too, one of the things going forward, that is a, that is a huge deal, kind of a passion of mine. You mentioned like kind of being understanding and compassionate, that being loving and encouraging and compassionate is huge for people that struggle with, with this attention issue, because it's interesting that love would make this big of a deal. But when you are a person with, with ADHD, you will not respond well to, Hey, if you, if you don't get this done, then you are going to lose this item. Like, well, like a natural consequence, sort of a, right, yeah, I haven't lost any, I haven't lost any item yet. I have, I have it right now. So I'm fine. You have to stimulate forward. So you have to figure out pathways of encouragement. You have to, you have to, um, what's the, like the carrot you, yeah, you have to use the, the carrot, not the stick. Um, you need a reward system. Yes. And, you, and you're going to have to develop the reward system. That is the, kind of one of the biggest issues that I see in families. One of the partners, and it's typically the father, but we'll just be like, nope, I don't care about this. This is what needs to happen. Just get your bootstraps on and go. It's like, well, here's the deal, bro. That's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. If you switch, yes. you're going to have to switch your entire system around to getting very creative about how you reward. But I'll give you one example. Give, give the listeners one example change the family around from doing uh, like a discipline scenario and said, Hey, figure out how to reward this, this kid, they would sit all night and they would do the homework together. And the kid would have the homework in his bag. He would go to school. And if he didn't do his turn, his homework in, then he wouldn't have any computer time screen time. When he came home, he would go to school, not turn his homework in. It would be in his bag. He would totally forget about it come home and yes. then lose all of the yes. screen time and be yes. totally hacked off. I'm like, you right. can't do it. You're going to have to figure out a reward. So the reward was yep. they developed a system where they told him, okay, 
you are going to get, if you get a signature from your teacher that you turned this in, you are going to get $1 for every signature. And that, that kid was like, uh, came home, he got a buck. He came home. He's like, boom, got them all. Here we go. Seven bucks. I got seven yeah. bucks. And, you know, like <laughs> and they had to figure out the money thing. Cause it was like, this is ridiculous. bucks a week, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never working again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lifelong student. Yeah, but it'll, it'll work. It's just, uh, it's like, I'm telling you parents, it will hundred percent not work to do a punishment discipline system yeah. with these kiddos. Yeah. And if you can get the school systems, which in the, in the, in the States, these are typically understanding of this, but if you can get the school systems on board to be more encouraging, which to some of you dads and out there that I was speaking to earlier, are going to sound like weenies or something like, Oh, we're just, Oh, we're doing is just doing blah, blah, blah. You know, like, Nope, it's actually, this is the way it works, bro. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a soapbox I'll put back underneath my bed, but. I wanted yeah. to say it. So, so to motivate the ADHD person, there's a an acronym that tends to to really explain what motivates us, and that's it's the acronym is INCUP, I N C U P, and so it stands for interesting, novel or new, competitive, urgent, and passionate. So if it's something that's interesting to us, um, th- then we're really going to pursue it. Of course, if it's uh, novel, competitive, urgent. Or, or passionate, if it's any of those things, we're going to, to be driven to it. We're going to be motivated by it. And we're probably not going to do anything until it's one of those things. And so, you know, why do we wait to the last minute or the late minute to pay the water bill? Because that's when it's urgent, you know? And so, okay, now that, that triggered me to go do it, you know? But I never actually formed the plan in the back of the brain to, you know, the, the when and the where. It never actually became done or it never actually became an intent because the back of the brain never said, Oh yeah, I'm going to do that Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, you know? So, you know, with that kid who's uh, not turning the paper in, well, he knows, he knows what and how he knows what he's got to do. He knows how to do it and knows how to give the teacher the paper, but he just never, nothing ever triggered in his brain. Oh yeah. As soon as I walk in that door, I'm going to go right to that teacher and I'm going to turn that paper in, or I'm going to get that signature. You know, that there was never that intent that was created from knowing the when and the where. So that's one of the biggest, most helpful pieces I think to understand as well. Well, as we are wrapping up here, um, Marty, tell us where the listeners can get a hold of you, pursue you and show up at the front door of your house. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk to anybody on, on our show. Online, virtually, how can people find you and stalk you? I was virtually? trying to stimulate people. <laughs> Baby steps to the door. <laughs> Baby steps to the door. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, so website is altmancounseling.com. www.altman is A-L-T-M-A-N, counseling, C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com. I am also on Facebook at Martin Altman LPC, comma, therapist. Um, there's some Instagram stuff too, but, uh, most of it's, it's right there on, uh, on the website really is, is what I focus most of mine. Uh, there's a blog there as well. Uh, the blog covers all kinds of like, you know, ways ADHD is related to songwriting and what kind of trends about mental health or messages about mental health. I, I kind of get from, from either my songwriting or mostly the songwriting of other people and, just trying to kind of connect some dots across the universe of ADHD and creativity and kind of helping people see about, see what they can learn about ADHD and anxiety and creativity. Awesome. Great. 
Well, Marty, it was great having you on our show. Thank you so much for your time and, and thanks for sharing your wisdom and experience with our audience. And I hope this is a great first podcast experience for you. And and, and I hope you actually get into podcasting because I think you've got a great personality, a lot of interesting things to say, and a lot of people probably want to listen to what you have to say. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, and yeah, I, I will really look forward to, uh, to, to more of this in the future, I hope. Thank you. Yeah. And to our audience, have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.